0: Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I'm really, really into this um, topic that we're gonna be discussing today. Today's episode is called Lavish Love, and we're gonna be talking about forgiveness, mainly about forgiving those who have wronged us. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school, I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. Throughout this episode, I hope to show you the necessity of forgiveness. And I also wanna give you three steps or Three practical ways to start the forgiveness process. I know (laughs) that forgiveness is a process. I know it doesn't happen overnight, especially for those deep wounds. So I'm not going to be silly enough to suggest that by the end of this episode, you will have forgiven everyone in your life. But I do hope that all of us can get to a point of realizing that it's something we need to do and taking steps in that direction so that God can help us to forgive those who have wronged us. So let's get started. First of all, in the book of Matthew, as Matthew is recalling the account of Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray in what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, after Jesus finishes the Lord's Prayer, he says this: If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's pretty definitive. <laughs> that isn't sort of like a suggestion that maybe we consider forgiving other people. That is sort of a um, this is non-negotiable. So you guys need to know this: that your Father in heaven expects you to forgive other people when they sin against you. So that is really important for us to recognize, that this isn't sort of one of those things that we should think about doing. This is really important to God. And it's so important that in John Mark's account of the gospel, he brought it up too. With him, he was telling about um, the account of Jesus cursing the fig tree, and the disciples came across the same fig tree the next day, and they found that it was withered, and Jesus was telling them the importance of believing as they pray. And then he said this And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. So, as Jesus was talking about prayer, and he was saying, you know, how important it is for his disciples to really make sure that they believe when they pray. He also realized, hey, guys, there's something else that you need to know that's super important too. When you're praying, by the way, if you happen to remember that you really hate somebody or you are holding a grudge, you need to stop praying right now and deal with that so that your Father in Heaven can forgive you too. So (laughs) this is a big deal. This is a really big deal to God. So it's something that we probably need to address. Now, sometimes it's easy to forgive. You know, your spouse might be absent-minded and forget to do something, or one of your children freaks out a little bit and has a meltdown, and, you know, the next day all is well. That's all good. But there are things that are huge, like huge, huge, like Nazi Germany huge, and Rwanda genocide huge, and abuse as a child and rape and um, the driver who killed a, a relative. I mean, there are, are some things that are not like little. <laughs> they are the cuts that hurt deep and that hurt day after day and week after week and month after month. In those can be the ones that are really difficult and maybe even seemingly impossible to forgive. But if this is such a big deal to God, he must give us ways to do it. So let's explore this a little bit more. So step number one, practical steps to help us forgive, is that realizing we're sinners too and we need... Forgiveness, just as much as anybody else. So Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. I love that he says this is something that is developed. So this isn't something that we just naturally do. Martin Luther King says this has to be developed. And then once it's developed, it has to be maintained as well. So just because you've got it down now doesn't mean that you know, six months from now or two years from now, it's going to be just as easy. This has to be developed and maintained. Okay, going on with a quote. He said, He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Wow. Wow. That is a really important thing for us to remember. It's easy to think, well, the other people have done so many wrong things and it's such a big deal for me to forgive them, but that's not really how God sees it. Do you remember the parable of the unmerciful servant? In that parable that Jesus told, he talked about a man who owed a great debt to the king, hundreds and thousands of dollars, and the king brought him in and said, you know, it's time for you to pay up. And the man said, well, clearly I can't. This is beyond what I can do. So the king forgave him his debt and said, don't worry about it. Your debt is forgiven. Well, that man went out and found somebody who owed him just a few pennies. And he said, pay up, pay what you forg- what you owe me. And the man said, oh, I can't pay it. I can't pay it. Please forgive me. But the man would not He had that man thrown in prison. And when the king heard this, he found the man who he had forgiven much, and he had him thrown in prison. And the point of this parable was Jesus telling us, Look, our Father in heaven sees everything. He sees the great mound of sin that we commit. And right now you may be saying, hey, I'm a pretty decent person. I'm actually pretty good. I don't think there's a huge mountain of sin. Wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. We sometimes neglect to understand the spiritual meaning of the commandments. God sees when we do things, when we obey, but for all the wrong reasons. He sees the motives in our hearts. So yes, maybe we go to church on Sunday, but the whole time we're there, We're looking at it as something just to check off our list. Or we're thinking, oh man, this pastor does not have a very good sermon. Or whoever's playing the organ clearly doesn't have any business playing the organ. Or I hate this hymn. Why do we have to sing this hymn again? God sees those motives in our heart. God sees what's going on in our minds. He's seeing that we're grumbling and complaining and sinning. We're not revering the Word of God. We're just there looking good, but he sees it all. He sees the curse words that goes through go through our mind, even the ones that we don't say. He sees when we hate somebody. He sees when we're lusting after someone. He sees the terrible thoughts we're thinking about people in our head. Even if we don't say them, God sees it all. So absolutely we have a mound, a mountain of sin that God forgives all the time. And God is asking us to notice our mountain and forgive whatever else anybody has done against us. Again, sometimes even those things that may look big, the, the friend who talked behind our back, well, when we put it against something really huge like, Nazi Germany and what was done to so many people there, we may say, okay, that's easy enough to forgive. But God is asking us even to forgive the big things in our life, the really big things in our life. And that is going to bring us to step number two. Step number two is realizing that in this forgiveness process, we are going to need God. Alexander Pope said, to err is human, to forgive is divine. We can't count on our sinful nature to be able to bring up everything that we need to forgive. We are going to have to go to God for the strength to forgive. Cory ten Boom and her family lived in the Netherlands during World War II. And for a while, they didn't suffer the effects of Nazi Germany at all. But then the Nazis invaded and took over the Netherlands, and pretty soon they were seeing firsthand this whole Nazi rhetoric in play. So their Jewish neighbor was dragged out of his house in the middle of the night. His shop started on fire. They started realizing there were deserted homes where Jews used to live. And so they started realizing that this this was a pretty serious business, that people they knew were being tortured and, in some cases, killed. And so they had a decision to make. They could either turn a blind eye, because they were Gentile Christians, so it didn't really affect them, or they could love their neighbors as themselves and help. And so they went from being you know, normal citizens to being key players in the underground efforts to free the Jews. And so some Jews stayed at their house, and some Jews they helped get out of the city and out of the country. They helped obtain ration cards at a time when the Jews were considered unworthy of food. And um, because of their efforts, the Ten Boom family, most of them ended up in prison. Some of them only ended up in prison for, you know, a week or a month or a, a short amount of time. But Corey's dad died in prison. And Corey and her sister Betsy were transferred from prison to first one concentration camp and then another concentration camp. Well, after the war, um, Corey went from place to place talking about the atrocities of Nazi Germany. And at one place, she um, had an SS officer from the concentration camp where her and her sister had been come up to her after her talk and say isn't it wonderful that as you say he has washed all my sins away and in that moment corey realized that she didn't have it in her to forgive her sister betsy had died at that concentration camp She had seen what this man had done, and it was nothing. It was not like a little thing. It was like huge things against human beings. And here he was standing and proclaiming that he was forgiven. It's not the same as saying, I am so sorry. How could you ever forgive me? No, he was proclaiming his forgiveness right in her face and wanting to shake her hand. But Corey decided in that moment that she needed to pray and ask for a love that she did not have. And she found herself shaking that SS officer's hand. Jesus said, So what if you love those who love you? Even sinners do that. And so what if you give to people who can pay you back? Even pagans do that. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, and then you'll be children of your Heavenly Father. People are going to notice that we're different when we forgive, and we are going to only be able to forgive with the power and strength and help that our Heavenly Father can give us. So number two, we are going to need God's help. This is not us standing on our own two feet, being big enough to forgive people who have caused major hurts in our life. That will never happen. And number three is to realize that forgiveness sets you free. Lewis B. Sneed said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. I realized just a little bit ago, I had some a group of Christians who did some pretty horrific things to me. And I realized shortly after that, that I had two options. I could either be paralyzed by what they did and just sit in that place ruminating over what they did and let that affect how I look at the world and at other people, or I could move forward. And when I saw those two choices, I realized how much I didn't want to be stuck back there (laughs) in that part of my life where I was feeling those horrible things that they were doing to me and I was hurting. I didn't want to be stuck there. I don't want to be paralyzed by a situation. I want to be set free. So many people hang on to things for years years and years and years and years and years, and I am not minimizing the hurt. Absolutely not the hurt in childhood the abuse that happened whenever it happened i'm not saying those are easy things i'm just saying i don't want that to define me i want to move past that and when you are for, when you are able to forgive those who did that to you and when you can truthfully pray for them so that they don't hurt other people and so that they go on to spiritual maturity man, that is life-changing because now you are no longer a prisoner to what they have put you through. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. There's two things I love about this passage. First of all, that phrase that says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that is what we are doing when we refuse to forgive someone. We are saying, God's grace is not big enough for you. And if Jesus died for our sins, how can we make a demand that he didn't put on us? Jesus didn't say, oh, I'm gonna forgive you because you've done enough or because you actually take me seriously. Jesus laid down his life for the sins of the entire world even the people who pounded the nails into his hands. So we need to see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. And the way that we do that is by forgiving people. And the other thing that I love about that passage is that it talks about the bitter root that can grow up and it will cause trouble and defile many. It will cause trouble. Listen, I still get these bitter roots growing up. Every once in a while, when I think back to a situation where somebody harmed me or hurt me really badly, I can get this, this anger welling up in me. Or I can think things like, well, I sure hope God has taught them a lesson. That's a bitter rut. I don't want to live my life angry. I don't want to live my life thinking about that at all. That just goes to show me that I need to keep praying. And then I, keep, I need to keep remembering how much I sin against God and how much He has forgiven me. And I need to keep remembering the freedom of forgiveness. And that's where I want to be. I don't want bitterness. I don't want any bitter root at all in my life. I want my life to be exactly what this episode is called. I want my life to be one of lavish love the lavish love that God has bestowed upon me, and therefore, I am able to lavishly love others. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If this episode has helped you, or if you know of somebody else that it will help, please remember to share it and to subscribe to this podcast. And also remember to support Time of Grace with your prayers and also with your financial contributions so we can share this message and others like it with many more people.